Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. much. My message got, got preached all through in worship. You'll, you'll recognize it <laughs> as we go through. I was like, God, you're so good. Oh. Happy Freedom Day. Come on. It's Juneteenth. It is Father's Day. We celebrate the fact that on this day, we finally became the nation that we were always called to be. One people, all created in the image of God, all equal under him. And so we thank you that our black brothers and sisters are set free. And I thank God that the affliction of the past is buried under the blood. Because we're all one race in him now. And I think Father's Day is a good day to celebrate that. Because we return back to the image that we're supposed to have carried. Because somehow, you know, I I was actually at George Washington's house and I was reading his letter. One of his greatest regrets is, I wanted to set the slaves free and I couldn't do it. And that cry was heard and the alignment was made. And there's an alignment cry that says, let's go back to the image of the Father. So I want to start with Genesis 1, 26 and 27. The God said, let us, this is during creation, obviously. The God said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Let them have communion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, uh, uh, the birds of the heavens. Sorry, that's a different translation that I memorized. And over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing. <laughs> that creeps on the earth, even the creeps. <laughs> so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. At that point, God makes this beautiful planet. He does all these things, and then he makes these creatures, and he gives them something. Special, his image. At that point, that was an affront to everything Lucifer ever struggled for, ever wanted, ever ever desired. Somehow, God gives them, gives us what he wanted. And what am I talking about? Well, if you go to Isaiah chapter 14, where it talks about the fall of Lucifer. It says this, you said in your heart, I will ascend to the heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mountain of the assembly in the far reaches of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. And I will make myself like the most high God. As glorious as it was with all the pipes and stuff, he was not in the image as we are in the image. You understand what God did. Is it incredible 
gift to us. Lucifer wanted that so bad that war breaks out in the heavens and him and all who followed him were kicked out of the third heaven, the dwelling place of God. And after he creates man, Lucifer takes that war against us. And you know what he's fighting? He's fighting the image of God in us. That's what he wants to erase. That's what he wants to wipe out. Because he makes us lower than the angels, according to Psalms 5. And yet, we are in his image. And he gives us glory, the very thing that he wanted and craved for. If you look at Psalms 8, 5, it says, this, What is man that you're mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. So Lucifer decides, I've got got to fight. I've got to take that away from them. I wanted that. Where did that glory and honor come from? His image. His likeness. In which we were made. That's why we can give him glory. We give you glory, give you honor. How? Because we were crowned with glory and honor. Even upon creation. It isn't anything that I did. It's what he did. It's not something I earned. It's what he gave. Just like Jesus. We were made in the image of the Father. We were made in his image. Because the Father is the initiator Everything comes from him. So war, the war is to destroy the image that we were made in. And he especially hates the image of the father. So he goes after fathers. And if you look at what happened in our culture in the last 60 years, what happened? Fathers were decimated. We went from TV shows that fathers knows best to every father played on TV was a buffoon. I'm not kidding. It's true. Until, why? Because we wanted to wipe out the image of what a father should look like so that sons don't know. Because sons, a father is nothing unless he has sons and daughters. And they bring out the best in him. So, so this, this was just carried on. Until from generation to generation, fatherhood was lost. And if you look at at, at sociologists and what they say about what's happening in America, America's always had guns. Always. We didn't always have mass killers. Why? Because we lost fathers. If you look at every single one, study every every single one of these active shooters, they did not have a father. And if you look at, at, at the stats, if you don't have a father, you have a relationship with a good father, what happens? You are most likely to grow up to be poor. You're most likely to grow up to, be, to, to commit suicide, to, to do all kinds of things that are devastating our community and our people. And it's, it's become such a thing to not really that I don't think people even want fathering. Say, so look, well, you know, we were, we were actually, because we're father's house, right? 
So part of our thing is to restore the image of God. And, and, and we were talking in our leadership about, about just how do, we, how do we promote more fathering in our house? How do we make that more something that just happens from generation to generation? Not, not just with the leaders of the church, but with like all the guys that stood up, right? And Ty had gave some input that I thought was like, whoa, that's exactly what's happening. So I actually wanted him to come in and share. And his shirt today is a good illustration for where I'm going to go uh, <laughs> with a message. But I just wanted him to share this a little bit. So there's, um, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. It means a lot. It's an interesting culture we live in right now where fathers are, um, oftentimes they're not sought after. And there's a, a number of reasons for that. And so we can look in a room full of people like this, and we know that there's a bunch of really amazing, righteous fathers who would love to just run with sons and daughters. And yet, for some reason, a lot of times they're just not engaged. And we ask ourselves, why is that happening? And there's, there's a few different reasons I, I feel the Lord just kind of highlighted to me. The first thing is this, we don't know what we don't know. A lot of us grew up in households without a father or a vacant father. And so the idea of what a father is is a foreign concept. And so they feel much more comfortable in going to mothers of the house and sharing of their lives because Moms never leave, but fathers do. And so you can go and you can divulge your stuff to mothers, and, and yet you look at the different guys and the different uh, fathers in the room as either siblings or rivals. And so the very people that you could gain life from, gain identity from, you feel like you're competing from and competing with. Because you don't know. You've never experienced that. You, as in many of us. Uh, the second thing that happens oftentimes is we may have had a father, but our father was a horrible person. And so the demonstration of that has left a very bad taste in our mouth where if that's what a father is, I don't want to be fathered. It's a real thing. Um, the third thing that can happen is we look for fathers in all the wrong places. We have this idea in our head what a father is supposed to look like, maybe the ideal person, maybe it's someone on TV and just from a TV show, like an, an old TV show, not a new TV show. Um, and we have this idea, and so you see some men out there, and maybe they don't match up exactly what you thought a father is, and yet they carry some amazing characteristics of fatherhood. And yet, be, just because they may not look exactly the way you thought it should, you avoid a relationship that could be super powerful and impacting. And so, um, um, so yeah, we look for things in all the wrong places. Another way that we can do that is maybe we don't necessarily, we say we want to be fathered, but we don't really want to be fathered in a way that makes us have to change things. And so we look for fathers who are just going to affirm us. We're looking for fathers who aren't going to challenge us. We just look for a, 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 you know, just people who are just going to tell us what we want to hear. 
And the last thing that happens oftentimes is we don't speak the way fathers speak. We don't speak their language. What I mean by this is fathers, yes, we need to learn how to speak to our children. We all need to learn to communicate with each other in a way that's received. But can I give you a little hint right here? If you want to be fathered, just like a father's going to try to learn your language, try to learn a father's language. And this is the language of the father. I want to fix things. Every father wants to fix things. Now, he's not just going to necessarily come up and fix it for you, but he wants to give you the tools to help get those things fixed. And so if a father comes up to you and your response all the time is, I'm doing great, I'm doing good, I'm going to love on you, and that's really well and good, but I'm going to look for someone who needs fixing. Because that's just the way we're wired. And so if you really want father in your lives, be honest. Be honest. Welcome it. Say, hey, you know what? Maybe a lot of things are good, but this thing, I just don't know. I can't get past this thing. And fathers are just going to love to come and gather around you, and they're going to help see that thing See, be victorious in that way. And so there's just a lot of reasons why fathering doesn't happen. And these are things that we have to get past and understand. If we don't see them, then we don't get past those things. So it's really important for us to see those things. So good. Yeah. So good. The sad part is when we avoid natural fathers and spiritual fathers, it affects our relationship with our Heavenly Father. It really does. It really affects our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I, I believe that, see, fathers, you know what the main role, psychologists say this, the main role of a father is he gives identity. Mother gives nurture, but the father says, you're my son. That whole thing, you're my son, tells the kid, who they belong to, and what they're going to be like. And so, that's the language of fathers and sons and daughters. Because he comes along and he says, no, you're not acting like who you are. You're not who you are. All your prodigals, that's not who you are. That's not who you are. So, we avoid relationship with the Heavenly Father, not purposely, but we just kind of do, subconsciously. And the way that we change this is that we risk building a brand new relationship based on who he really is. What the Word of God says he is, not what life experiences taught us, not what hurts and pain caused us. Let me just tell you something. I had a, growing up, I grew up in the church was saved underneath my dad's preaching. And, uh, but still, even with all that good stuff, I just didn't have the right view of the Father. One day when I was receiving some ministry, I remember the person facilitating said, you know, where's the Holy Spirit? Oh man, right here. <laughs> The cape, doing just being having fun, you know. It was like that's just the way I saw the Holy Spirit. The accessibility was right there, and was Jesus? Oh, he's he's just right here. 
Where's the father? Oh, he's over there. It's way kind of like back where Matthew's standing. You know, sitting on the throne, scepter in his hand. Can you go to him? I don't know. Can I? Doesn't seem accessible. I realized at that moment, that was actually my subconscious view of the Father. And even though I had a relationship with him, it was mostly through Holy Spirit and Jesus, which is, you'll, you'll get that here in a minute. But I was wrong because that's not a biblical worldview. And the problem with most of us Christians in the church and leaders in the church, our worldview has not been formed by the word of God. It's been informed by the world, our pain, our sorrow, our difficulties. And so we create a whole worldview that matches that. And to me, that matched some things in my life that made sense. But I was wrong. I was wrong by seeing Jesus differently than the Father because it is not true. It is not true. There is no daylight between Jesus and the Father. Come on. There is John 14, 8. Jesus lays it out. He's there talking in the upper room and, and, and that last meal together. And he's speaking about the Father. And then Philip says to him, Lord, show us the Father. It is enough for us. If Jesus said to him, and I love that there was that hunger in, 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 in Thomas in Philip. There was that hunger, like, oh, we want to see him. But this is what Jesus says, have it been so long that you still don't know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? And the words that I say to you, I do not speak out of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. This truth is also highlighted in Hebrews 1.3 where it's speaking about Jesus and it says this about him. He is the radiance and the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Come on! That's some power right there. Every time he speaks, his word goes out and angels go, we're going to hold planets in place. We're going to hold stars in place. I've learned... I want to just share this morning what I've learned about walking with the Father in this difficult season of my life. When I was diagnosed with this thing, the doctor said, I'm so sorry, I have to tell you this. It's never a word you want to hear from a doctor. And how he's shown up and how he's walked with me as his son. And I share these things because I want you to know what's possible. I want you to know what's possible. <sighs> Jesus said in John 17, in his prayer to the Father, I have revealed you to them, and I will continue to do so. So he and the Father are one. And that's the unity that he wants to bring us into. Yeah? He and the Father are one. It's also the same with the Holy Spirit. 
You know, Denise, I think, almost made a reference to this. It's, it's the same with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not speak of himself. He speaks of Jesus or Kathy or somebody. Was like, they speak they, just that, that, that preference that they have towards one another. He speaks of Jesus as, no, I'm not even going to speak for myself. He is God. He's not a lesser God. The Holy Spirit is fully God. And yet he speaks what Jesus says. Jesus only speaks what the Father says. And Jesus says, don't you ever blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I will not forgive that. He defends the one through whom, whose power he in a physical body like you and me performed the works of God. So Jesus is our link to the Father. The Holy Spirit is our link to Jesus. When you have a relationship with one, you have a relationship with all three. So even this morning when I'm talking about having a relationship with the Father, you've got to realize I'm not leaving the Holy Spirit or, or Jesus out of this equation because they are in the Father. So I realized that my, my view of, of, of Jesus being far away was, was wrong. And so at that moment, I said, Jesus, can you take me to the Father? And Jesus says, come on. Grabs me by the hand, walks me up the aisle, brings me right before the Father. And he goes, picks me up, sits me on his lap. And now I know, oh my God. That's who you really are. And that's what you're like. So this morning, can I tell you what he's like? Can I just share with you what he's like, what he's been like to me in this season? See, I, I, I've pursued relationship with the Father for years. Uh, Well, a deep connection was made over time, but there's something that has happened in this last season that has really revealed him to me. And so I'm not fighting this illness alone. He's fighting it for me. He is fighting me with me and he constantly talks to me about it. If the Father is anything, he is present. He is present. He's right there. When I start to wake up in the morning, even before I can call out, I can feel him. He's like, <laughs> like I look up on my bed. He's like, hovering, like, hey, I'm right here. So I just engage with that. I say, Papa, good morning. I just engage with him. Well, how do you know he's listening? Because his word says he is. Come on, Psalms 5, 3. Oh, Lord, in the morning, you hear my voice. So come on, the first thing I want him to hear in the morning is my voice. And I just say, Papa, how are you doing? Which is a funny thing to ask God. But I think that's what kids do. They don't always ask the most logical questions. They just ask what comes to heart, what comes to their mind. So I ask him, what's on your heart today? And I don't leave until I hear. I stay in that place. Often he tells me things that he wants me to enter into that day. Joy, 
What's in my heart today? Peace. What's in my heart? It's like, and it's, it's always like, oh, that's what you got for me today. Because what's in his heart is what he has for us. He has these amazing things for us. He's a good father. He's the father of light with gifts. And it's not just in the morning. I talk to him about everything. You know, there's been a hard season where it's been hard to remember things. For me, kind of this fog brain, brain fog thing. So I, I go to take my, my, my pill, a blood pressure pill. You can only take one a day. Don't take two. It's bad. It's too much. So, you know, I got all these pills that are like, oh, did I? Huh. Papa, did I take this pill? And he tells me. He tells me. You think, no, he just wants to speak to you about spiritual things and sermons and messages. No, he doesn't. He cares about every aspect of your life. And he just says, yeah, don't take that. Yeah, take this. I even ask him, like, hey, we're cutting down on this. How much do I cut it down by? He tells me. He talks to me. Mm. So I talk to him about everything. There's nothing I don't talk to him about. There's nothing I don't talk to him about. And if there, it, it, why everything? Because if he's going to be our everything, we got to bring him into our everything. Come on. If he's going to be our everything, then I've got to make him part of my everything. So I talk to him about all kinds of things. I've talked to him about every car I've ever owned. Because he knows that I love cars. And I was like, okay, Dad, I kind of think that's a really cool car. You know, it's like, could we? The last three cars, four, three cars, three cars, yeah, three cars. I've owned, I keep my cars forever. Some people go like, I've never known you not to drive any other car. Because I keep my cars forever. Because that's kind of a good God that he is, that my cars last forever. And even this last car that's faster, gets better gas mileage. I bought it for the same price. I bought a car 13 years before. And it's the same model. So I figured out that should not be. Because he knows me. He knows me. And so I talk to him. And he always like, just, he always takes, takes, takes me to that. There it is. There's the one. My, one, my car two cars ago was in Salem. I called the guy in Salem. He's like, he goes, I'll come up. Great people. Love the Lord. It was amazing. So bring him into everything. Bring him into everything. Because he wants to share his everything with us also. He his love makes a way for that because God is love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Jesus came to the earth with the love of the Father. That's where he got it from. The cool thing is that in this season, have, he wants, he's developed with me this, our own love language, but he wants to develop that with you too. Yes. Yes. You know, I, I, I was calling Papa. Hey, Papa. He's God Almighty, Master of the Universe. But I get to call him Papa. Hey, Papa. And he says, hi, my boy. That's what he calls me. Hi, my boy. Even Clarine was praying for me one day. And she heard the Lord says, 
he's my boy. So when she told me that, I was like, yeah, I didn't hear it right. He's got a name for you. What is it? Ask him. He's got a name in heaven for you. What is it? Ask him. He told me what my name, how am I known in heaven? This is how he wants to draw us into connection and deep father, son, daughter relationship. And yeah, he does correct me. But it's never in a way that makes me feel guilty, bad, you know, like, oh, I screwed up. It's always in a way that I can be better. It's always in a way that says, oh, I, I need to line myself up so I can reflect you better. That's it. That's my heart's desire. My heart's desire is to know, no, oh, dad, if I, if I, if I mess that up, I, well, how do I represent you better in that? You know, I remember um, my, my, my wife will always talk about her, her dad, who was an amazing man. I loved her dad. And she says, he never raised, had to raise his voice at me. He just gave me this look. And that looked like, you're not being who you are. That's probably what it was. He just gave it a look. And it just, she just went, okay. Didn't need a spanking. Didn't need a thing. Just okay. And in this season, I've experienced what I've never experienced before. And that's the immediate nearness. Sometimes it's the time of seeking God. God, come to me. But now it's about, here I am. He says, yeah, here I am too. His immediate nearness. How? And this has been weird. Because I start to think, he's in my thoughts. I start to think thoughts, and he actually finishes them out. He starts to like, talking about the thoughts that I'm talking about. I was like, like, like in my head, I'm just like having this conversation with myself and he just interrupts like, yeah, well this. He knows my thoughts. He's in my thoughts and he finishes my thoughts. Which is so much better than me finishing some of the thoughts I have. <laughs> Believe me. This is what David is speaking about in Psalms 139. In case you think I'm just making this up, it's not biblical. Psalms 139, here we go. You know me when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my, lie, lay, and my lay down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O oh Lord, you knew it all together. That's why... He can answer. He's like, sometimes I'm just starting to ask, ask a question. And he just doesn't even let me finish. He's just like, okay, it's this. And he's answering these questions. A question I often ask him is, how am I feeling today? Because my wife always goes, how are you feeling? It's like, I never felt this way before, so I don't know how I'm feeling. Like, serious? No, I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm not, this, I don't know. It's like you've gone through this thing that I'm going through. It's like, I don't know. I never felt like this before, so I don't even know how to describe what I'm feeling. And I'm not talking about emotion. I'm talking physical sensations and, and all these things and well-being. And, 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 and so I ask him, how am I feeling? <laughs> you know? And, and I'm kind of working that out with him right now. That's kind of a new thing. Like, hey, he's just like, He knows. He knows all things. Maybe, maybe he can help me define what I'm feeling. He does this to assure me. I got you. I know you. Guys, look at me. 
there is no better father than the father of us all. There is no better father than the father of us all. And for too long, stand up, Ty. We looked at the father around. And we saw Darth Vader. Kind of like, oh, okay, you don't want to take him off. You know what? You know, he's like that. But Jesus is good. He forgives me all my sins. But the Father, he's, uh, guys, he's up there keeping the record of wrong. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We've all felt with that. That's a religious spirit to disconnect. That's the war on our Father and his image in our lives. Okay. Uh, the, 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 just, just, yes. So Darth Vader, I guess he was. But, uh, but Ty is a good father. and So I, I shared part of my message with him because he's a son and I wanted to enjoy this moment of fathering the church together. You were created in his image to reflect the fullness of who he is, whether you're male or female. It says all right there. It's all in him. We read Genesis 1. In his image, he made man. He made male and female. Gender. This gender war that has come on the planet has been Satan's plan to diminish and extinguish the image of God. Well, we don't honor one another. So let's not let the world inform us about our image. Let the word and one-on-one relationship the Holy Spirit and Jesus lead us into this relationship that restores us back to who we are as sons and daughters, the reflection. As Jesus is the perfect image of the Father, that's actually what we're called to be. Since we're supposed to look upon Jesus to such a point that we become like him in this earth. That means we're like the Father because he's the exact representation of the Father. So let's start looking. And I've always, I've always desired this kind of connection with the Lord, but I never slowed down enough. I never got up and said, I got nothing to do today. Because <laughs> all my great team is covering the bases. Now, Papa, what do you, what do you have? What are we doing? And sometimes it takes me there and I do some work, but still, I'm learning how to do it in him, through him. And what it takes is us to still ourselves, to start to learn how to still ourselves and be with him. Just be with him. And, and he wants to develop that love language with you. And I just really believe right now that he blocks that from Satan so Satan can't counterfeit it. I really believe that, 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 that the things that he, the sec- these are secrets between a father and his kids. And he blocks that so he can't, the enemy can't counterfeit it. So when you hear a voice, it's not the enemy, it's him. You know that it's him because it's that still, small voice 
It's that soft and gentle voice. It's sure, but it's not. You know, it's just sweet and true. And so, do you want it? Don't wait till some life catastrophe forces you to slow down. What if we all just said, Father, we want to make more room for you. To know you, to walk with you, to talk with you. You know, I think of people in this room like Joe, to whom God has come even as a boy. You got to hear some of Joe's stories. Aha, the father came to him. Because it's available for all of us. And so I want you to stand your feet. I want the band to come up. I didn't want to go long today because it is Father's Day. You should go celebrate with each other and families. But I also want to celebrate our Papa, our good, good Father. He is so good. He is so true. If you like this kind of nearness with the Father, if you like to have him speak to you throughout the day, finish your thoughts, best gift we can give him today is our attention. Our attention. It says, I'm paying attention to you. What are you saying? What are you doing? I want to walk with my father. If you want that, I felt the Lord says, I'm going to impart grace today for you to be able to still your soul and heart to receive that. You can walk with him in your way. The way you'll walk with him will be maybe different than the way I walk with him because he created us all unique. He knows what we need. He knows what blesses my heart and touches my attention. But wow. So would you do something? If you want that, come forward. Come forward right here to this, 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 this altar area because I believe that he is pouring out grace. He's pouring out grace. He's pouring out revelation. He's saying to you, I will take you and I will walk with you. I will walk this life. I will walk in adversity and in triumph. I will walk you into all the works I created for you to do. I will walk with you because I love you. Yeah, because I love you. And I want, I want to guard your heart. I want to affirm you. Yeah. So, come on, just put your hands out. Lord, I thank you that right now, Lord, you are touching every hand that's extended before you. You are touching right now. And Lord, every heart that is saying, yes, Lord, I want a deeper connection. I want to know the Father as Jesus knows the Father and is is like the Father. Lord, I can't be like you unless I know you. So Lord, Paul, reveal yourself to me. In the name of Jesus, I declare that you shall have morning and evening and afternoon.
visitations with the Father. That there's, you're coming into a season where He is reigning. He is pouring out upon you His grace, His love, His mercy, His goodness. Right now, thank you, Father, for hearts that respond to your call. And I thank you that even right now, you're going to start to speak to them. Lord, let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard in their spirit. Right now, just start tuning into your spirit because you're starting to just, just say a couple of things to you. Yeah. Don't be surprised by what he says. It's him. It's that still small voice. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're speaking right now. Lord, and I thank you that even right now there's a spirit. Just put your hands on your ears. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you. The Holy Spirit is coming to anoint these ears to hear the song that the Father sings over us. That, Lord, that we will literally start to hear you singing over us. Lord, anoint your people, your precious people, to hear you as they never heard you before. Because your God is for you. Right now, every affliction of the enemy against you is being put underneath his feet. And he is crushing every demonic attack. He is crushing every accusation. He is crushing right now every single sickness and disease that has been set against you by the power and the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Ho! Right now, from covid to acid reflux right now in Jesus name it is being burned up by the fire of God and every demonic force released against you right now is being captivated by the by the army of the Lord and he was taken to the throne of judgment for you are his you belong to him freedom is yours today receive it now in Jesus name receive it now in Jesus name thank you Lord ah he would not turn away. Now, you're up front here right now, and what are you receiving? What Jesus, somebody read during our prophetic time, that he's, he would not deny us. Oh, oh it was Matthew. Matthew. Talk about uh, yeah, in the offering time. But actually, that whole context is about if, if you being sinners won't give a, a snake when they ask for a fish, how much more of the Holy Spirit will your Father give you? And right now, this church is called to be a Holy Spirit, fire, glory church. And we ask you, Father, give him to us. Lord, let all of what you have, Lord, let it come. Lord, let it burn up all that the enemy has burned, has done against us. And let it project us, Lord, into the future destiny that you purpose both for our lives and for this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org.